Hey, beautiful humans. It's time to stop sacrificing for everyone else and put you first. Are you feeling tired, stuck, or disconnected? Or maybe you're just looking to be the best version of you. I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild, and this is Embrace, Embrace You First, a podcast to help you thrive and not just survive. We are busy moms, successful entrepreneurs, and doctors in the field of natural medicine with over 40 years combined clinical experience. You're going to learn from our professional expertise and our juicy secrets that have helped thousands of men and women just like you. We are going to teach you practical and doable strategies on health, relationships, and career. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace you right now. Today, we are talking about anger, but before we get started, we are going to do a review of the week. This review comes from YouTube. Great podcast, just like a great meal, full of knowledge, but not too heavy, deep, but still entertaining and very fresh and juicy. I was fortunate enough to get the help of Dr. Tanya with her great advice. I modified the way I eat, lost a bunch of weight, and I'm running faster than I used to five years ago. I still feast on rare occasions with my colleagues, but I'm doing much better. So grateful. That was from Dr. Golani, a general and gallbladder surgeon. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you for your reviews and ratings. They help get more viewers learning and inspired to take care of themselves. This ripple effect is huge. So please keep sharing. You guys rock. Today, we're talking about anger. And we're going to start with the Buddha code. So I can just share with you what I just found. And I love this because it says, never respond to rudeness. When people are rude to you, they reveal who they are, not who you are. Don't take it personally. Be silent. Buddha. So the truth is, anger is part of a human condition and one that really requires and deserves more attention because in truth, we don't like it. We repel away from it because it's like it's uncomfortable to feel it or, or, you know, it can be caustic and painful for ourselves and others if we lash out against it. Right? right. And in TCM, yes. we, we have this whole thing about anger as well as other emotions. So are you okay with me going straight into that, Dr. Tan? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about all the different emotions that, yes, please, as they relate to TCM, that would be awesome. Like the organ systems or. Okay, great. So, well, yeah. So coming from a TCM perspective, we look at emotions as mm-hmm. it relates to different energies of the systems of the body, specific organs are related to specific emotions. And with regards to anger, we say it resides in the liver. More about that in a second, but I want to just talk about it is human to experience all emotions. And we did discuss this in another episode because when we talked about fear can you three yeah like solutions to fear which is episode 24 let fear guide you which was episode 20 and overcoming fear we talked a lot about fear that was episode 16 because it was very well deserving too right there's a lot of fear and yes and we recognize it so much right and especially in the face of a pandemic these days Mm -hmm. but i feel that you know we don't really talk so much or give highlights to anger and frustration. But yet that is too part of a human condition. And so is worry, grief, fright, shock, and joy. And where do we highlight and where do we want our attention to go towards and what's most comfortable? 
obviously joy, happiness, right? Like we want there, we always want to just be happy, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, because yeah. in truth, because we're comfortable with joy and happiness. And, and then we want to reject the other emotions. It's like, oh, I don't want to feel those. I just want to feel right. happy. And, and, you know, so that's why you hear about joy seekers and adventurers, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, you're just like permanently wanting happiness. And what we know is that to have balance and to be a complete human and to have health, we do want to experience, oh, well, you know, you may not want to, but it's part of the human condition to experience all emotions. It is healthy to experience it, to feel it, to label it. Um, When we're feeling it, it's better to acknowledge that we're feeling it so we don't have to sit with the uncomfortable uncomfortable ones for so long. Um, Not that, you know, you're saying not to reject it, which I totally agree with. And one of the best courses I ever took was a Vipassana meditation course, which was a 10-day silent retreat. And we just sat there meditating all day long. And the the biggest concept I learned from that, which I loved what we were talking about before, just like the, the waves of the ocean, like coming in and out, hitting the shore. Um, it's like just not rejecting the bad and and not craving the good to stay, but just kind of letting them come and go, right? Like you had said. So just, just letting things uh, be as they are and experiencing that uh, emotion, labeling it um, so that you don't stay stuck in it for too long, but not rejecting it completely. Because it's so easy to just say, I don't want to be irritated or angry. But if you say, I'm angry, like when was the last time you said, I'm angry and then stayed angry? It's like you just all of a sudden, it's like you're now in processing, right? right. So I'm, I'm going to reframe again so yeah. that we get the semantics right. So it's not, yeah. I am angry. I feel angry. Ah, that's I good. Feel yes, angry. I feel angry because you're right? not the angry. Yes. Because you, no, you are not point. defined by that feeling. Yeah. You, or you, it's I a feel. feeling mm-hmm. in the moment. Yes. But sometimes yes. there's lots of feelings in um, for more moments. And what we want to do is avoid having that feeling of per- permanence around anger. We want it to roll in and out like the waves along the shore, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right? I think and- kids, kids really teach us that, right? Like you're learning through their big emotions, right? And like we were joking around how we're, we really express our emotions and not everybody's equal in that way either, right? They might just kind of hold it close to them. They might not express it. And uh, you don't have to be as, you know, um, expressive to, to feel an emotion. doesn't mean that the people that aren't expressing it aren't feeling it. It's just that we express easily and that's why it's even more important to kind of to label it and say, I feel this way. It's really helpful because then you can mm-hmm. process the emotion, right? Yes. And, and about not letting the emotion define who you are as a human being, because it's just a feeling. It's right. not who you are, right? No. And I love that you said, you know, to, comparing with children and, and just with different people and different types of people, because we all, all express our emotions in different ways and even culturally, right? So some cultures are more reserved and, and some more, and, you know, it's not like stereotyping in a negative way, but when we stereotype, you know, you look at a Hispanic person or Italian, the, the expressive, right? Yeah. Versus like a Nordic person, which is very much more um, silent in their expression, and right. even in their physical movement, like, you know, I, I, I Chinese do it as well. Like, 
you will poke and we'll like, you know, we'll use our hands when we speak. I remember watching my mom when we were younger. At one point, she was expressing herself and she literally poked my dad in the eye by accident because she was expressing so much. <laughs> and she's like, whoops. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, then, then there can be misunderstandings oh. because if you're a different type or coming from a different culture, some person's way of expressing themselves may seem like anger and abrasive to someone else who's much more reserved. Well, that person may be just like, but this is who I am. This is just how I express myself. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So. And you learn that. I, was, I just mean like learning it through kids because they just don't have any, uh, they're learning um, how to be members of society and guard some of that. Right. <laughs> so they're flailing on the ground, mad, having temper tensions. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, mean, I love we, that. We like, can as adults, we can also have adult temper tantrums if we're not careful, right? Like if something's a big trigger, like if kids are triggering you and you're responding to it, but the key here is to not get stuck in your amygdala part of your brain, which is like the, the emotional center instead stay in processing. And like the Buddha quote, like stay silent and just recognize that person's having their moment, let them have their moment, that kid or that person. And then you know, you can respond later when they can actually process it because responding when someone's stuck in their amygdala and they're angry, you're not going to get anywhere. Like they're not in processing and you can't be in both areas in the same time. In fact, have you ever add asked your daughter, you know, I see that you're, or said a statement, like, I see that you're angry right now. And they're like, no, I'm not. And like, they're just in denial of it as well. Right. Well, hey, so it's like not acknowledging just kids. It. Yeah. But, but not just kids, do. adults do it too. Right? Like, come on, let's be real. And then if we're going to be real and honest here, we're talking about, you know, naming the feelings and like, let's be calm and zen about it. And in truth, we are human. Dr. Tan and I are human. At least I'll speak for myself. Do I get triggered? (laughs) Have I been triggered? Absolutely. (laughs) So be rest assured that we are both human. We do get triggered. And it's just, you know, we're on this path together, guys. We just want to help lead the way a bit. Right. Yes. And and so it's like, yes, there are ways and there is a path. And one of the paths is to name your feelings. And this is what this whole conversation right from the get go has been about. It's like name those feelings. So that means you're acknowledging it. Right. And then by acknowledging it, then you're more connected to your feelings. And when you're more connected to your feelings, it has more of a possibility to calm down even on its own and you know and not be in your amygdala is what you're Mm -hmm. saying actually you know what i think you need to go back and explain what the heck is amygdala because some people might go what (laughs) so it's the emotional regulation center of the brain versus your frontal cortex where you're processing the emotion like you're kind of saying like i feel angry you're just in the anger Right. So you're in the emotion and you're just, you know, or and fight, flight, freeze. The sympathetic nervous system is kind of kicking in, uh, kicking in. Um, whereas you want to try to start to process that emotion by labeling it and saying, I am feeling, like you said, the semantics angry. I feel angry. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the moment you say that, it shifts from emotional center to the processing center and you can be more uh, logical, but even if you say it, it's it's a process, right? It's not like you just say suddenly like, I feel angry. And then you can be processing. It's just like you, there's a a moment where you're like, Oh, I feel angry. And then you're calming down. And then you're more able to, after you've said your, your, uh, the reasons perhaps like why you're angry, then you can talk about it more logically later. 
And, and I so love important. that you put that together, right? Sorry for cutting in. It's just, no, you know, because okay. when we're talking about, because these are literally different parts of the brain. So we fire mm-hmm. up one part of the brain. And what we want to do is actually charge up the other side that is more calm and more relaxed and more sane. Yes, <laughs> logical. And, and more logical. So mm-hmm. by naming it, you're literally helping to rewire your neurology in your brain. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's interesting. I mean, we've talked about hormones in another episode uh, with Dr. Fiona McCullough. I feel like um, over the years, just because of, um, you know, the busyness and, um, you know, people, women having to parent and work and families not necessarily always having the support as uh, like they used to have in the past. Like we talked about the cap, you know, the red tent and um, how women would just support each other, raising children, families. We don't have that. So there's a lot more, um, you know, burnout and irritability and irritability is anger. Right. And so we get more yes. of that when we're premenstrual and our hormones are kind of on the, on the decline or testosterone's more present. And I always say, you know, don't make big decisions around that time. Don't try to be logical, just kind of do things that help work on the liver, uh, which actually we need to talk about that, like all about the emotion associated with the uh, anger, right? Maybe we can jump into that right next, but Very so good. just yes. learning to not make decisions or, um, you know, have big conversations when we're premenstrual. But anyways, yeah, tell me about the emotion, um, the okay. organ is associated with anger, like the paired right. organs. So, you know, in Chinese medicine, we look at the five elements and the five elements are reflective of five main paired organs. And mm-hmm. the one that we're specifically talking about in terms of anger, frustration, that goes into there as well. And irritability, mm-hmm. that goes in that same bucket. Um, mm-hmm. And it reflects back to the liver. And as we know, in science, liver is the detoxifying organ. And we relate to it like its ability to uh, detoxify, let's say, environmental toxicity, right? Pollutants in the air. And then also toxicity like that we can get through our food and drink. But little attention is paid to the emotional toxicity. And what I mean by toxicity is like more like a buildup. Because again, as, I, as we started it's normal and human to experience all emotions. It's just when it's harbored for, you know, for some people decades or a lot of people decades. And they, and when, because we don't give ourselves permission to express it and at least express in a way that doesn't hurt others or hurt hurt yourself. And so we need to address that, but, you know, people can then over time, it gets locked in so much that it manifests physiologically. So in Chinese medicine, we even associate very specific conditions to, oh gosh, this might be a liver condition, right? Right. Because the energy gets so locked up, so stagnated. In Chinese medicine, we say that one of the job of the liver energy is to disseminate the qi, the energy of the body so that it's smooth flowing like a stream. Mm Mm-hmm. But when we don't allow ourselves to do that, then it gets blocked up. And when it gets blocked up, then it can impact other organs. And much, not much different than a pressure cooker, right? So you have emotions and, and it can fester and build up and build up and build up and overheat. And it can like 
explode at some point. And you might know this expression. It's like, you know, I get so mad. I get, I get hot or burnt up in the face. You can, you can actually see that in people. Have you ever witnessed yeah. that? Yeah. Someone gets oh, mad yeah. or frustrated. My daughter, she gets bright red in the face when she's mad. Like it's a Aww. physiological response. Yeah. Is that like liver fire? So like the liver cheese detonation is turning to liver fire. Right? Yes, it can for sure. Absolutely. I mean, and, I'm not necessarily so, saying her specifically, but like that's where it could go if you don't address the the, the liver chi stagnation or that blocked energy, that irritability yes, and the resentment. Okay. And resentment's like irritability, right? Like same. Would you say resentment is also resentment is part of it for sure. It's it's actually a huge part of it. Resentment comes more when it's repressed for over periods of time though, right? It's, right. it's, it's been sitting longer. Right, it's just sitting, yeah. Right? Versus why it's so anger in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's again, it's normal to have the anger in the moment. Let it go up and out. Like I say to a lot of my patients, it's like, you know, when you're sick and you need to, um, throw up. Do you hold it in? Do you? Are you asking me if I'm sick? Sure, oh, I'll no. ask you. <laughs> no, you, you just actually, you just like, what? No. Like you get it yeah. out, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm not calling anger as sickness. I'm calling anger as like this emotion that we need to let out, like mm-hmm. that you would, same way as you would like need to purge out, you know, bad food. Right. No, that is such a great analogy and good point because yeah otherwise it's just gonna go stay down and out and feel awful right if you have to throw up throw up purge um yeah i think being careful i mean in that i mean we want ourselves to we want to express um sometimes there has to be somebody being the third person in a conversation we don't say hurtful things right like we just say and then Alison Armstrong talks about it rather than um let's say bringing out the resentment or anger in a way of saying hurtful things and criticizing instead kind of sharing the need like in in and constantly communicating, sharing your needs, and then stringing an emotion, like the impact it will have on you. So I really need you to uh, do this. I'm trying to think of an example so that that, that then I will feel less anxious. Like I need you to um, pick up all the clothes that you know you leave behind, or or teach the kids to pick up the clothes and put them in the laundry hamper, because then I'll feel less anxious. I feel calmer when the clothes are in the laundry hamper. Just rather than be like, do you ever teach the kids to pick up the laundry? Or <laughs> like, is right. that going to get me so anywhere? Is that going to get my need met? Yes, it's anger, right. it's irritability. Yes, but is it going to get what I need? No, okay. no. So and so what like you're expressing you're addressing- it? Yeah. Yes. So what you're addressing is uh, expressing your need so that you don't actually get into that um, place of anger. Anger. Right? So yes. you're actually even preventing it from coming on in the first place. Happening. I mean, that yes. is the most ideal, right? Of course. It's not about avoidance. It's about communication no. in a way that it doesn't even allow anger to be building up in the first place. Fester. And skip on That's the criticisms. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. And we know that research shows that like resentment and anger, like, you know, it, it basically increases risk for anxiety, depression, insomnia, high blood pressure, ulcers, migraines, backaches, heart attacks, and even cancer. 
right? So this yeah. is like the intersect between research and, um, you know, like, and, and modern medicine, like there was a time where doctors would sit with you and say, you know, you have a stomach ulcer, you're worrying too much, you're stressed out. And then H. pylori came about, right? So it's like the bacteria now. So it's like, oh, you have a bug, we just need to kill it, right? Um, so it's interesting how like, you know, it, modern medicine has uh, for years talked about this connection, but um, and we know that there are connections between how our emotions uh, unexpressed, they manifest into physical illness. Somehow it got disjointed along the way, like disconnected because we found other causes for things. Well, and you know what? I'm going to say, yes, H. pylori is a cause, but then why does it um, overtake the body in the first place? Right. Point of weakness. You're... But why is it point of weakness? And yeah. so in Chinese medicine, we say most cause of disease is due to the emotional affect. It's an internal mm. cause, an internally generated cause. So that uh, uh, decreases our um, ability to defend ourselves from right. H. pylori. Right. right. So, yeah. so, Yes, we can say, yes, H. pylori is the causative factor from a clinical Western point of view. But beyond that, you got to say, well, why? Right. Why, why is the body in weakness to have this take over you? Because yeah. not everyone gets it, right? No. So anyway, I, I think um, this episode, uh, we're running out of time. And this, again, this anger issue or or conversation, we can just keep on going. I would love to do another episode where we'll teach people maybe an acupressure point or two um, to help soothe the liver chi and their energy to help you be more calm. It's one thing to just tell you the impact of, of anger that is festering, but it's another thing when you actually live it and have it in action in your life. And Tanya just told me earlier about a time when, you know, she saw a real tangible impact in her life when she was holding on to anger. And I would love for you to share with everybody about this time. Yeah. So uh, thanks for asking. Love to share because I think it will really help people see that it, your emotions definitely do impact your organs or can. I was postpartum and there were hormones involved for sure. And there's genetics, but Yes, they play a role, but the emotional component, I don't think that if I, I was as frustrated and irritable and burnt out and feeling like I was doing it all, like, I mean, these were my perceptions of the situation, um, feeling like I, you know, I had two children, young and moving, staging a home, part-time working, um, I felt just overwhelmed. And as we mentioned earlier, like culturally, we have more support um, in, the, in the past. Um, I'm sure it must be even harder right now in, in pandemic times, but I ended up in the emergency room with, with colic type pain that was so bad that I, I needed um, morphine, which is totally unheard of for me, right? Being a naturopath going and requesting pain metal medications at that, at that level, because I couldn't stop throwing up. And you know how you asked me, like, if you've got, you know, the feeling of throwing up or nausea, do you just hold on to it? So I'm a throw upper, I am a puker. And so when I have pain, <laughs> I'm a puker, but I have pain. That's how my body responds, which isn't so good because you get dehydrated. So um, my body was responding with like throwing up and colic and I couldn't speak. And I, and I thought it was like, an, at first we thought it was an ovary cyst rupture, but it just kept going and going. And those are usually 
like four hours. I've had the, a few of those in the past. So, oh. and it, but it was like lasting like uh, two weeks and, and the, the doctors couldn't figure it out. So eventually they, they had to do an MRI and they discovered that my gallbladder was inflamed. And so my sister at the set at the time said, you're just angry. <laughs> and I was like, really? Yes. I'm like, and, and I said, and then I had to, I didn't like acknowledge it at the time, but later looking back, I was, I was overwhelmed. I was resentful feeling, having the feeling that I was doing it all, like all the parenting and the work, the staging of the house. And like, so I like to just recognize that there was that connection. So I have a gene, uh, like the genetics for gallstones, but I didn't have stones. It was just literally an inflamed gallbladder. And my daughter had had food poisoning a few days prior, which I got, but then it just turned into this like inflamed gallbladder. And I don't know, think that they said it wasn't related, but, and then the emotions later recognizing that I was just, uh, there was anger, there was resentment, there was irritability. I had to definitely talk it through. And I don't think I had like, and it ended up being that a project manager, a friend of mine ended up kind of housing me up for a few days and like saying, we need to map out your life and, you know, find some balance here, you know, figure out ways to make things, um, you know, uh, healthier for you. Because again, she recognized saying, you know, this isn't just because your gallbladder's inflamed, you know, like they don't know why, like that it's thick and there's fluid around it on the MRI. This is emotional too, she said. And she's like, and you've taught me that, you know, over the years. So it was quite interesting how everybody else can see that and and mm-hmm. recognizing like harboring the resentment and irritability turned into that and 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 realizing later just like releasing that not and then finding balance, which is why we decided, me and you, we're going to do programs to help postpartum women uh, learn from our mistakes and find balance because it is a lot when you're a career woman and you're working uh, in addition to waking up at night. Like if you're sleep deprived, you're breastfeeding and mm-hmm. you're trying to work and you're parenting a toddler and you're like as well and you're doing it all feeling, if you don't have that support you know, and, and little tips on how to manage everything and let go of it at perfect and certain expectations, for example, it's, it, it can get you there. You, you can end up with literally a health crisis. Yes, absolutely. And I hear it all the time, postpartum women having to go get surgery and, and actually specifically for gallbladder, that's a common thing, postpartum women, right? Do you or know even what the surgeon pregnancy. at the time said, you know what the surgeon yeah. said? He said, if it comes back, on the weekend and you eat chicken, you know, let's say for example, um, it comes back or like fatty chicken, it comes back, then just come back and I'll take it out. But he goes, go home and do a gallbladder cleanse. (laughs) He was an Asian surgeon. surgeon. Amazing. Yeah. He was so (laughs) awesome. He's like, you're a naturopath, go figure it out. And so I think it was a combination of the physical, like the nutrition and the gallbladder cleanse. But, um, you know, it was also totally everything about dealing with the emotions. 100%. But so that's why we always say, you know, we need to deal with the physical, but we also need to deal with the emotional and spiritual, right? It's all on the same continuum. In Chinese medicine, there's no differentiation. It's part of the same. We are whole people. Unfortunately, there's amazing things about Western science. You know, we can get so microscopic and see so minute, right? And we can fix a problem in a very microscopic way. However, when we do that, we lose sight of the whole, the bigger picture, the web of all things, the interconnectedness of ourselves and of the the universe. And so 
that that disconnection sometimes has us go away from ourselves and we don't recognize that your gallbladder was basically giving you signs and saying, hello, pay attention. (laughs) Um, I'm over here. (laughs) I think this is too much. I think you're doing too much. You need help. Right. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't until it, it just kept on knocking louder and louder at your oh, door yeah. until you oh, had yeah. to take I kept more going seat. home and then going back. One of the one of the residents is like kind of suspicious, like, you know, is she coming back? Like, is she a drug addict? This is like her fifth time coming back. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm an naturopathic doctor. I've experienced pain before, lots of it. And I said, this is a lot of pain. This is after I'd already had morphine. I said, I'm not drug seeking. <laughs> like, you, got, you need to send me to an internist because this isn't normal. And so thank you guys for being here. And we made some references to um, different people. So really check out embraceyoufirst.com and you'll um, see all of our stuff in our show notes. Actually, honestly, recently, um, filling up my cup has been um, just taking little miniature moments just to just have nothing in my head. So just actually, not just meditating with like okay, a wait, progressive wait. guided. Oh, this. Okay. Okay. Oh, we're recording. Okay, so go. this is, yeah. So this is the end of the podcast. And as we end, we always want to leave you on a high note. And we want to ask you what filled your cup today. And we're going to start by sharing what filled our cups today. So Tanya, do you want to go first? Sure. So for me, recently, I've just been taking these little miniature moments just to pause, not have my head occupied by guided relaxation or podcast or anything, but just just literally being present and focusing on my breath as it goes in and out of my nose and taking these moments where I just, it's just nothing. It's kind of, if, I mean, I pre I preach it all the time and now I'm practicing it, <laughs> taking that moment. Yes. That's so great. I love that you say that because that's what it is. We are human and, and we follow this all as well. Like we dish out, but we actually take what we say to heart and practice it ourselves. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that share. And how about you? You, thank you. What about yourself? Anything that filled well, your cup recently or today? It, and it's interesting that you said recently because um, I just spoke to a couple of new patients yesterday and it really filled my cup And when one of them told me that she read my book and she said, and she's a physician and she found me from my, through my book. And she said, it made a world of difference to her because it was told in a way of stories and she can connect with it and identify with it. And, and I love that because that's exactly why I wrote it in the middle of the night, because I'm like, there are so many how to books out there, like with, you know, um, like, do this, do that, don't eat this and don't eat that or right, move like this. And it's just like all the way in the way of doing. And I just really yeah. realized that it's how we connect as human beings through our struggles that can make a really profound difference. And I'm so grateful that that's exactly what happened for her. So that's my book, Pathways to Pregnancy, that you know of. So uh, if you so haven't... Yeah, thank you. And so anyway, I just want to share that. So anyway, on that note, um, we're going to talk about, you know, letting go of resentment, forgiveness, and uh, in another episode, because it's so important, and uh, it would be awesome if you haven't already, like this particular episode and subscribe and share, share with all the people in your life that you care about and that you love, because imagine the ripple effect and the impact. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Click subscribe, like, and share. Please comment and suggest topics you want us to cover. Until next time, ask yourself, how are you going to embrace you first today? For more podcasts, check out embraceyoufirst.com. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.